Good morning, everybody. Glad to be with you this second Saturday in April 2023. My name is Ed Samuel. I'm a career coach for the firm called Sam Nova, and this is the Optimize Your Career program. For those tuning in for the first time, I'm on every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time to give you 30 minutes of career advice, tips, ideas, answer questions. Every once in a while, I'll bring on a unique person to tell you know, their story, their career journey, but really every facet that you need to know to optimize your career. Going on, uh, I say seven years on uh, 1180 AM. Now, although our firm is based in Kennett Square, PA, about an hour west of Philadelphia, we serve clients across the US. We help those who are working for a job transition we want to advance and really move their career forward in some way. We've now coached more than 900 clients to date. We've had well over 1,250 resumes and our team have completed 950 and counting career assessments and consultations. So yeah, it's been great to help so many people. You know, our aim overall, though, is really to help people get to that better place. In some cases, it's more money. In other cases, it's more happiness. Sometimes it's getting people to a better alignment to their values. Sometimes it's the shift to doing something completely different. And other times, it's to bring in a secondary form of income. So whatever, whatever, whatever comes at us, you know, again, our goal is to help people get to that better place. In all, all we continue to be very busy. Calls come in every day from around the U.S. Inquiries come in every day. And... um yeah, we had a, uh, an amazing week. From last Saturday to this morning, four of our clients landed jobs. And I had four clients land a job in a two-day period. I can't remember when that has happened. Now, some of these clients have worked with us for six months, seven months, four months, three months. And people are in different stages, but it was really great to see them land positions. One person in communications, another person in very specific field related to patents and licensing, another person... Uh, tied to investigations, and uh, another person tied to social media. So again, uh, it's been an amazing week. But you know, this topic this morning uh, I'm going to hit on has to do with interviewing, specifically around interviewing. Now, how do you go about sharing your best success stories during an interview, where you're really going to demonstrate and show your added value of an accomplishment that really stands out? And you know, and, and during an interview, you really want to have ready the best of the best accomplishments that you've ever done. And if you work with us as a career coaching firm, we also make sure that those accomplishments are well stated on your resume. So you have this opportunity on the resume to kind of say, hey, this is what I did. This is what it resulted in. And so, and, and doing it in a quantified way is what we always advise. And then during the interview, it's like, okay, now how do you really blow out that story and turn that accomplishment, that one sentence on a resume into something that becomes really compelling for someone to learn about you and about how you went about solving something? But before you can, you know, prepare during an interview, what uh, you know, start working on your success story. You have to kind of step back and say, let's take a look at the job that you're interviewing for, and you want to make sure you align success stories up to those jobs. And for some jobs, you might want to use three three success stories uh, consistently for that kind of job. For another job, you might want to take two of them to add a new one because each job requirement or what they're looking for you to do, it could change. Especially if you have 20, 25 years of wisdom experience, you have a lot of accomplishments to choose from. Now, so so here, here, this would be an example. Let's say you were an HR manager and now you're applying for an HR manager position. Now, let's just say in your career, you have this really mix of skills as an HR manager. You, you had a great set of successes related to talent development. You also had a great deal of success related to recruiting. And you also did operational work. And you had a great deal of success regarding payroll, benefits, employer relations. Now, so the job that you're kind of 
going after, let's just say if it was leaning heavily in one direction, let's say recruiting, then of course you want to bring more recruiting stories to the table, more of those, more of those stories and less of the others. You really want them to stand out. So every job, you know, you want to uh, have these stories kind of align well with the job you're interested for. Now, every once in a while, and, and, and I shouldn't say every once in a while, you know, a lot of clients will say, you know, what's your greatest success? And sometimes that success has no bearing on, on the job description at all. And, and you still may want to say it. So don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of lining up really tightly, but then every once in a while, you could have a success that trumps everything and say, you know what, I'm going to share this success because that particular success made you who you are today. Let me give you an example. I worked with a client once and we went through the resume and this person was in higher ed, an amazing, amazing career. And we helped put together her resume. They have all the accomplishments, got everything done. And then, you know, we're, we're focused on, okay, well, let's, you know, let's, let's talk about that one accomplishment that stands out. And I said, well, listen, if you went to an interview and they really press you hard for that one accomplishment, what would it be? Well, it had nothing to do with higher education. Well, I shouldn't say it had nothing to do with the job in hand in terms of what she was looking to do next. And she said, my number one accomplishment is when I was 24 years old and I was actually teaching class in a full building with a room full of students in Yugoslavia when it was invaded, Chevet, when they were at war. There were, you could see the tanks, you could hear gunfire, you could hear everything. And she refused to stop teaching because it was a, like a daily occurrence. And for her thinking, you know what? We're going to press forward and we're going to teach because this could go off for a very long time. And she taught the class. And, and in her mind, and rightly so, she said, you know, that formed who I was. That formed the spark of my commitment to teaching, even in danger. I'm going to teach. I have it inside. And for the next 25 plus years, this particular person just rose and rose and rose and rose and became very, very senior in a very well-named school. Everyone would know if they told you. Um, but when she interviewed, she said, that's where it all began. That's my greatest accomplishment. So anyway, for those of you who have one that's like that, that's not intense, yes, you could break this rule that I'm explaining aligned to the job by sharing an accomplishment like that if it was so critical to forming who you are and what you've become. Now, let's go back to you know what the job is that you're interviewing for. You have these accomplishments from your resume. And how do, you, how do you state the story? Well, there's a couple of formats that are out there that some of you may have heard before. The one that kind of gets the, the most uh, visibility is the one that's called STAR. S-T-A-R. It stands for Situation, Tasks, Actions, and Results. And I throw on, and some people will throw on a T at the end, STAR and T at the very end, and I'll explain that in a, in a few minutes. Another one's called FAR, contact, context, action, and results, context, action, and results. But whether it's STAR or FAR, there's a framework that I want you to understand this morning that you can follow. And this is all preparatory work before an interview, right? You have an interview next Thursday, have these stories lined up. Now, I do recommend that you have get your seven stories lined up. And let's say if you, you were that HR manager, then, and you did in your, 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 your career, your experience, your accomplishments were really broken into three buckets of work, talent development, recruiting, payroll benefits, then have at least two or three star stories for each of those categories. If you were in sales most of your career, let's just say, you know, you were national account manager in sales and that's, you just spent 20 years. That's what you did. Then build your stories around, you know, have at least six, six or seven under, underneath, you know, that, that piece of work. Maybe you were in sales and, Half of your career, you manage a team. The other half, you're an individual distributor. Well, how 
three stories maybe for each of those roles that you play. So that when it comes to an interview, when it comes to a job and you've applied and they like you, you come in for an interview. And one of the things you're expected to do is share some of your successes, you know, have these stories lined up in advance using this star model. Now, what I'm a big fan of is type it out, type, type it out. Uh, what was the situation? What was the context? Maybe it's four sentences. What was the task that you were really asked to do, the objective? Sometimes it's one objective. Maybe sometimes there's a couple of objectives in there that you, you know, that, that you were asked to do. What were the major tasks? And then what were some of the big actions that you did? And, and I'm a big fan of maybe four, five actions, big actions. It take about maybe a minute to, you might maybe a minute to explain by itself, maybe half a minute. But these are the big pieces of the work, not everything that you did. Like these are the big pieces of work. And then what did it result in? Right. And, and if, and that result, if you could tie it back to your resume, the good thing. And you're typing it all out, type it out a Word document, break it into pieces. Now the, there's, there's something at the very end called the T. So there's star. And then, and then the T at the end. I don't want to call it start, but I want to say start and the T at the end. And the T at the end is tie it back to some of your largest competencies that you bring to the table. In other words, you just explained, you just typed out this amazing thing that you did, the context, what the objectives were, big actions, what it resulted in. And then you get to summarize by saying this. But, be, you know, but, but the reason I was able to do this is because there's two major competencies I really bring to the table that I had and I still have. It was part of who I am that allowed that to happen. So you could talk about going through the star process, but 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 kind of close really strong with a couple of those competencies. Now, different coaches have different points of view. So the how long the star conversation should be. I've heard on, on, on the low end, I've heard 90 seconds, the whole thing. That's a minute and a half. I've heard on the high end, three minutes. I'll probably kind of in between. I'll probably have the 120 second one, two minute star story. One of the things, you know, by typing it out, you kind of frame it, and then you get to practice it, right? You get to practice it, talk it out, and hit the timer. When you find yourself, and I had somebody do it a couple of weeks ago, and it took me five minutes. When I said, well, you're going to have to start trimming it down. That's too long. Because some interviews, they might ask you for two, three, four star stories. And if you, you have only a certain amount of time, you want to get in as many stories as you can. So the other part of telling a star story is that you have to have, try to keep your cadence with, uh, you know, kind of equal um, in terms of chunks. Don't go to, you know, one of the actions and then go into great uh, detail about that one particular action and then eat up three, two minutes of the entire time just talking about that action. Try to lay it out, lay it out so there's some balance in telling your star story evenly so you can get the whole thing all in, right? The other thing I would encourage you to do is show some enthusiasm, show some energy, so, show some light in your eye. That, that thing that you accomplished 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, one year ago, you're still excited about. I can certainly tell you my, my, all my major successes from 25, 30 years ago. Not to, you know, I can tell you I'm just excited about telling that story now as I was back then. But that's how important it was to the company I was working for, to, to my job, to my career, to my bosses at the time. So that energy level is pretty darn important. Now, if, you, if you've typed it up and you laid it out and you got it down to two minutes, 30 seconds, on the next thing is get on something like Zoom. And record yourself. Yep. Do, you know, set up a Zoom room, Zoom stream, and, and and record yourself and watch yourself on camera tell the whole story. But this time, without your notes in front of you, is that it, you know, is it, it coming across clearly? Are you forgetting anything? What's the energy level like? If you don't like it, you know, when you when you watch it, then make some notes. Now, if you're working with somebody like me as a career coach, send me the recording. I love to edit and send you back the results. I've had, you know, I have one client, this was probably five, six years ago. Who was really having a hard time telling the story 
and he would only step to the second round and, and nothing would ever happen. And the second round interviews were pretty tough. And he had to tell a lot of stories. Right? So we started working together. You know, this was part of, of, of many segments of what we do to do career preparation for an interview. But what we did is he kept on sending me recordings of you know him practicing these different pitches, and I kept on giving him critical feedback. You know what he did? He actually took the feedback for art, made fixes, did it again. And sometimes we went back, gosh, we may have done it 15 times. But guess what? Now he works for one of the largest companies in the US, got a pay increase, landed the job executive because he practiced, right? And he practiced on video, not just talking to himself. Now, let me go and use an example. I'm going I'm to share some examples so, so, so it drives the point home. So here's an example of somebody who was an HR manager maybe 10 years ago or so and doing well, but this is one of their star stories. Hey, so part of the star story, right? What was the situation? Well, the situation in this case was the company brought in a new CEO and the new CEO, and this was a physician type services organization to give you a little backdrop. But when the new CEO came in, he kind of looked at the landscape and this particular CEO um, had a history of making sure that all employees in his organization that he led did volunteer work and got paid for it outside of the office hours. And lo and behold, this company that this person worked at as the HR manager, uh, she had never implemented anything like that before. And the company had never done anything like that before. So this one's, um, and they have 15 offices with physicians in the region. So again, this is a little bit of the context. New CEO, it could happen to you. Could it could have happened to you, right? Uh, and they, they want this done. And the director went to this particular person and said, okay, we got to make this happen. Again, you're, she's at the interview now. She's explaining context. Hey, here's how it came about. Now, for some of you, your situation might be you saw a need and you took the action. You took the initiative. You went to your boss. You got the approval. I'll give you a couple other examples here in a minute. But in this particular one, new CEO is kind of giving the uh, directive. And this was at soon. And the CEO believes, by the way, that by doing this, we would be more people would, 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 would respect the healthcare organization because it becomes that kind of an outreach. And some of the employees, that was a big part of who they were, and that would motivate them to continue to work for the company. So there was, that's kind of how you start to explain the situation. You still go in and say, well, this is the program I live. This is what resulted in, right? You're, you're providing that context. The betting you do in providing the context positions you well on the next piece, right? So then the question is, you know, what was the real objective? Task it in. Well, in this case, this person was responsible for it. You know, well, I had to go off. And I had to make sure that every employee across 15 of our physician offices had a responsibility, uh, had the opportunity to now do volunteer work and create a, uh, in support of, you know, the, the uh, an organization or two that we're going to recommend that you volunteer at. Now, so that was kind of like, you know, the, the big task, if you will. But then the work was, okay, now start to explain, now, what did you do? In this case, the HR manager said, oh my goodness, uh, I've done this before, but this is what she did, right? She went, she reviewed how, how is this being done at other companies? That was a big part. How was a payroll policy put together around how will people get paid? Well, that was some work that took some doing to get an approval and agreement with. How is this going to get communicated? In the way, each of those 15 physician authors, each of those physicians kind of have their own way, own thought process. How do you influence the physicians to go to rally around this to do this, let alone the employees that work for those physicians at those offices? But what was going to be the strategy, right? And that was a part of the action that she had to go take. But quite honestly, one of the actions in this particular case was she actually had to go back to the CEO because those physicians uh, weren't going to budge on the first wave of this. 
and the CEO had to help help in that process to explain what's in it for them. So another big action she had to get all the employees together and actually talk to them about this program, how it's going to be laid out, who's going to be responsible uh, for for choosing the volunteer the, the one or two volunteer groups that employees could uh, volunteer at or the organizations they would be volunteering at, and uh, how would people sign up? How would they take time off? Right. So you're, you're trying to break in. What, what she had to do was break into chunks of work. What were the key actions? Now, I'm certainly like blowing into maybe more detail that I shared, but I'm trying to hone in on those actions that were the principal ones. And again, if you're trying to do this in two minutes, 120 seconds, you don't have a lot of time to go into the, kind of even the detail that I'm sharing with you. You want to get pretty succinct and laying those out. That's why typing it out ahead of time is so important, because then you're going to be able to continue to get it tighter and tighter and tighter. Now, you get to the result. Well, the result, again, you know, should be on the resume. This is what we did. This is what we implemented. But during a star conversation, you can add a little bit more than what's just on the resume. So here's an example. In this particular case, not only did she implement it, well, you know, it took us four months to develop the policy to, to communicate. But by month six, we had people actually volunteering. And at the end of the first full year, we had 43% participation rate. And then what she said is, but guess what? 43% is darn good. You don't know why? Because at that time, the average participation rate in America for this size organization, 33%. So we were actually way above the national average on the volunteer program. And I got some kudos from the CEO because of that. And but obviously, the uh, the employees, it was one of the reasons uh, employees continue to work and stay at our firm because they the firm thought you know, so much of volunteering and, and giving back to the community. Now, Here's how you wrap it up. You wrap it up with, he then said, but you know, this was all made possible because there's a couple of things that I really brought to the table. Uh, one of them is influencing. Even though I seek help from the CEO, I had to do a lot of influencing with the physicians, you know, one-on-one -on -one basis. Once the CEO kind of, kind of started moving things forward, I had to also influence employees why it would be a good thing for them to do, especially those who never volunteered ever in their life to do anything. I was really good at policy development. Coming up with a policy, thinking it through, making sure that we don't break any labor laws, making sure people get paid effectively. Really good at policy development. I think quite honestly, uh, in her case, the leadership was was you know I led this program, one of one of the biggest big you know one of the bigger programs that I've led, and I have those skills to be able to lead a project like this and tie, and bring it all together. So in this store, you could talk about the situation, you could talk about the task, you could talk about the big actions that you took, you could talk about the results and elaborate on it a little bit. But then tying all together with here one, two things that I really bring to the table. This is just an example of one thing that I do. And now you can move on to the next. See, again, setting the example is so important. I could talk hours on end about clients and their stories. I had one client once who, uh, you know, when he when he went to tell this story, his context was well, you know, one one of my really great successes when it came to implementation of systems is five years ago when I went. And worked at this one company. I asked why we weren't running SAP. It, the company had purchased years earlier. SAP spent like millions of dollars on it, and it was sitting in the closet. And his story was all about taking it out of the closet and implementing it. But in the end, you know, one of the reasons he landed his job and he was able to tell this story so well, he used the SAR format. But honestly, he tied it back to who he was. He tied it back at that T at the end. Star plus T. The T was collaborate, collaboration. And this person had a finance background, but he would play repeatedly 
one of the things he brought to the table is collaboration. The reason he was able to take it out of the closet to implement it at that firm that would never, they, and they couldn't do it. What the reason they couldn't do it because everyone was fighting with each other. Everyone couldn't get get along to the extent when they couldn't even compromise because everybody wanted you know deliver their own island and make believe the other islands didn't exist. Well, he didn't view view it that way. He said, "Hey guys, we're all connected, all connected," and that's what you know. That's how he moved it forward. You know, I another example. Here's a case where jobs were unfilled for one, two years at a company. But in the end, you know, it's like, well, how could that be? And when the person ended up explaining, you know, why they did what they did in order to get those jobs filled, look, you know, I'm an out-of-the-box thinker, but I'm also a collaborator with the business. And when that person actually collaborated with the business, they found out those jobs being unfilled represented millions of dollars of unseen revenue. Not 10,000, not 100,000, millions of dollars of unseen revenue because this position did not fill. Well, in that particular example, those jobs got filled because the collaboration with the business was that this is what's at stake if we don't fill them. And that provided, in this particular example, the horsepower needed to go find the people and spend a little bit of money instead of being petty wise and pound foolish, as they say. So hopefully this gives you some feel for the STAR program or the STAR technique, I should say. Preparing for an interview, remember, star and that T at the end, tied it back to your one or two of your best competencies that allow that particular accomplishment to be implemented. And uh, hopefully, you'll be able to use this and implement some of what I'm explaining in preparation for your next interview. So, we're just about out of time. For those of you new to the program, I did publish my first book called Optimize Your Resume, Do's and Don'ts, the Sam Nova Way. It's available on our secure website and we'll pick up the shipping costs. Go to samnovainc.com, S A M. N-O-V-A-I-N-C.com. But if you look it up on uh, Amazon, optimize your resume, do's and don'ts, the Sandova way. That's the ri- that's the original. I promise you, that's the original. Do's and don'ts, the Sandova way. Got a few copycatters out there who went right after, right, you know, when the book was so successful, people jumped in and, you know, you'll see a few optimize your resumes out there, but there's only one do's and don'ts, the Sandova way. That's the one you want to pick. And um, well over 500 positive comments on the book. And I could tell you, some of the people that just landed the job, those four people earlier on that I mentioned, most of that all will tie it back to the resume helping them greatly in the process of landing that job. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. on Clubhouse, focusing on career, faith, and purpose with Charlotte Taylor, a career coach, resume writer based in Florida, and a very good friend of mine. It's an app you put on your phone. It's a voice-only event, so you could be working at work and still listening in. You could be riding a bike. You could be uh, at home. But for details, go to our website, samnovainc.com. Go to events and then look for ongoing events. And you'll actually see some details there. Uh, you'll also see uh, some information about my upcoming speaking events, one of which is this coming Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I'll be talking about job search best practices with the International Association of Business Communicators. And uh, we have quite a few people registered, but you have to register. And I'm going to be talking about best practices right across the board. Um, I, I do 20 talks. Each talk might be an hour long. I'm going to try to take the best out of each talk and hone uh, in on areas that have made all the difference for my 900 clients to date and many, many others who have listened to me and, and followed some advice. So, But you have to register. And I urge you to go to our event page and do so. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Just Google Ed Samuel Career Coach, and I'll be on the first page of Google approaching 26,200 direct connections. So please join me on the next Optimize Your Career program Saturday, next Saturday. And that would be, what would that be, April 15th. I'll be talking about 
the reasons people resign and continue to resign from firms. And this is as much geared towards people who are thinking about resigning. Maybe you're in transition and you don't want to go to another company and resign for these very reasons, but maybe you're a, a leader, a co- uh, you know, a manager, a vice president, a director, and you don't want your people to resign, then you might want to listen to the program as well, because I'm going to hone in on five reasons people are leaving their jobs, even in today's downsizing market. So this is Ed Samuel, Career Coach with Sam Nova. If you'd like to reach me with a question or a comment, email me at esamuel, E-S-E-M-U-E-L, just like in the Bible, esamuel at samnovainc.com. The call and main number, 610-274-8214. Make it a great Saturday. Wishing you and yours a great weekend. Happy Easter.